The Flourishing Workplace podcast is all about business and nonprofit leaders who are changing things. It's for the innovators, the risk takers, and the change agents who are going beyond business as usual, and they're creating the future. They are done with the status quo, and they are rising to a new opportunity. They think innovation, and they create it. Whether you're listening at work, at the gym, or on your commute, here you're going to find inspiration for your business or nonprofit to have impact and to create workplaces, people, and communities that flourish. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Flourishing Workplace podcast. Today, we are so excited to be here with Stacey Peterson from Fresh Start Recovery. I am a big fan of Stacey because he is advocating for the right things and he's a man of action. Welcome, Stacey. Well, hello there, Connie. <laughs> there, there is that awesome radio voice. Yeah, I'm like, there is no second Jake here because it's being recorded like this. No editing. <laughs> no editing. This is, this is live. Here we are. Well, we're so glad that you're here. And, you know, we wanted to have you on because we wanted to talk about addiction this week. And I feel like this is something that workplaces, people just try to avoid, uh, but you don't avoid this. And so I was curious if we could just start off right off the top, you know, what about addiction would you want people to know who may not completely understand it? Yeah, sure. I, I think, um, I mean, I, I think to be fair, I mean, we're sort of reaching a critical mass critical mass of awareness in our country and people are starting to have the conversations. They are talking about it. Uh, I find there's a huge uh, a conversation out there around harm reduction, and the opioid crisis, and, uh, but addiction isn't something that's new. Uh, it, it's been around for a long, long time. It impacts uh, all of us, every single last one of us, uh, whether it be in our family, with our friends, uh, economically, uh, and you know, if I was going to, you know, put one thing out there about addiction is I would say, look, irrefutable science tells us that addiction is a chronic brain disorder. It is not a moral failing, but it still carries the stigma with it. Addiction affects the brain in a way that um, would, okay, the executive function is impaired. So you know, when somebody's in the midst of active addiction and you're looking at them saying, why can't you stop? Why do you still do these things? Uh, what is wrong with you? And, you know, at Fresh Start, uh, we try to come from a place of empathy and compassion. I mean, I'm also a person in long-term recovery. This October will be 30, 30 uh, 34 years. Um, and so as well as I, you know, have the paperwork on the wall, but um, you know, when I'm sitting across the table from somebody and they said, well, how would you know how I feel? I, I'm like, well, let me tell you, this is, you know, this is all these things that you're up against and, and they're astonished. Uh, everybody on my team, at least at the Calgary location is in recovery, except for, uh, two and they're in recovery from a, uh, a family, uh, Al-Anon type perspective. So um, every single last one of us, like I said, is impacted. And the old argument used to be, you know, you know denial is the number one symptom of addiction. It doesn't have to be, you know, just for the person afflicted. It can be for whole communities, um, 
you know, whole cultures. And the old argument used to be, well, it's nature nurture. So it's your environment or is it your uh, genetic predisposition? And, and irrefutable science, again, some wonderful work being done by the Palix Foundation over the last, you know, uh, uh, decade plus. Um, I think we're with them. I think we're hitting probably 20 now. Um, is the uh, brain story uh, research. And so through that research, they looked at adverse childhood experiences and, and basically there's a resiliency scale. And so if you have say one, two, three, four of these adverse childhood experiences, be it you know, divorce, or maybe there was someone in your family that was in prison or there was mental health or there was, you know, whatever those things were, your health outcomes, your negative health outcomes are about 400% uh, more likely to occur than somebody who hasn't experienced those things. So when somebody comes in, we're not like, what's wrong with you? We're like, what's happened to you? Now, you know, back to the old argument, nature, nurture, um, turns out everyone was right. Your environment can change your brain chemistry, thereby making you more susceptible to addiction or you can have a genetic predisposition, or you can win the lottery like me and you can have both. Um, and so um, the reality about addiction though, is that it's uh, recovery is, is, is uh, very real. Uh, it's, it's absolutely attainable and it is sustainable. And myself and millions of other people on the planet uh, have proven that up. Uh, when we wrote the National Commitment to Recovery uh, in Ottawa, it was, a, it was a 50 different organizations from coast to coast to coast all agreed on what recovery looked like. And in that, we talked about it as being a consistent pursuit of abstinence and then health and well-being in all these different areas of your life, mental, emotional, of course, physical and spiritual. And and, uh, and, a de and a decrease in harm. So essentially recovery does, uh, you know, it does connect to harm reduction. What I'd like to see happen between the harm reduction and recovery world is building some bridges. I believe we should meet people where they're at, but let's not leave them there. Let's give them some options to get out. So we're talking about addiction as a chronic brain disorder, like any other chronic illness, I'm not gonna go uh, seek help and walk in and say, hey, you know, I wonder if we could just deal with 75% of this, please. Um, I'd like to, you know, hold on to 25. Um, you know, and in a harm respect, uh, 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 harm reduction uh, model, um, what I do support is, uh, again, meeting someone where they're at and then moving them through a recovery-oriented system of care so uh, to me that feels more loving empathetic and, and compassionate wow i really like that a lot i think that's brilliant and that that is such a discussion around harm reduction to recovery i really love that you focus on aces you know those adverse childhood experiences and really thinking about the environment that people either have come from what trauma are they in? You know, I know for myself, addiction was very easy when there was trauma. 
And so I think that that's so important and it normalizes it rather than making us think something's wrong with me. <laughs> like, and like you said, the lottery, some of us win, <laughs> we get both genetic and, and environmental, but the recovery is possible. And, and you see that on the daily. We do. Yeah. We have, uh, you know, Fresh Start has a, I mean, we have a 40,000 square foot building. We, we have 50 live-in beds. We have 46 post-treatment housing beds. We just acquired a South Country Treatment Center in Lethbridge. We took that over in November. Um, you know, and out of that beginning, what you see is long-term recovery built within the alumni of the organization. So the alumni, uh, it just blows my heart because uh, I just have so much uh, love and, and compassion for this group that, man, they are my heroes, you know? And uh, when you see these men and women reaching and pulling the others along with them into a new way of life uh, that doesn't include, you know, illicit drugs and, and uh, drinking alcoholically. Um, but beyond that, rebuilding their life. So we were talking about no more absent fathers or mothers and lost sons and daughters. And the impact of recovery is absolutely just like active addiction is generational. So we can break that chain that's been passed down from generation to generation. And so I think empathy is absolutely going to be the key. And when we're, we're, you know, when we're, people typically don't bristle with antagonism around the topic unless they've been affected, right? I mean, things that have no impact on me, I, I may have a bit of empathy, but I'm like, I, I don't know, you know? Uh, but when it comes to this, you, you see people that, uh, they either get behind it, uh, and support it or they're vehemently uh, opposed to uh, helping those people and that is where the damaging stigma comes from so we did a life and recovery survey out of ottawa out of uh, uh, ccsa and uh, we had eight over 800 people in the country that were uh, respondents to the survey and over 70 percent of them said they didn't reach out and ask for help for one reason and for one reason alone, they were afraid of being judged, right? So, um, you know, it, it, people would say to me, I mean, you gotta think about it. Somebody in active addiction that's getting into early recovery, they already hate themselves enough. So the judgment that you throw on them is gonna have very little impact. You're just really afraid of your own emotion around it. Um, and, and someone would say, well, it, you know, all these years you've been doing this, it's been over 30 years, 17 years here. I was uh, nine years at another treatment center prior to this and before that. And out of all that time, what's the one thing you would find? Well, well, answer. I would say self-forgiveness. If you can find a place within yourself to forgive yourself, chances are you're not going to blow up all the good that you got coming in your life as a result of your journey in recovery because you will build a life that is positive, productive, and worthy of, uh, you know, of, uh, of that uh, self-respect. But if somewhere inside you feel like you still need to be punished for your 
past for not being enough or missing those chances for blowing the time for the harms that you've created in other people's lives. If you don't get to that place, uh, chances are you'll co-locate in the 11th hour. Uh, in the same respect, if you don't do that, what you want to have happen becomes so much farther away and what you want to have happen is you want to repair all those relationships in your life. And uh, it's kind of one of those things where I, you know, I watch men and women beat themselves up for what they've done to their families. And I got to say to them, like, do you realize that by doing that, it's not going to actually help repair the family? The only thing that's going to help repair that family is if you start to look after yourself, start to love yourself more. And if you want to see how anyone feels about themselves on any given day, watch how they treat the people around them. This is not a reflection of the people. It's a reflection of themselves. Wow. Right. So if you can see through that, and that's our job here is we're, you know, people don't always behave well. I know that there's some treatment facilities out there. Uh, I'm just listening to a story of one right now that, somebody that wasn't in the facility they weren't behaving super great and i mean i'm not talking like way out there stuff but and then well they're kicking them out i i just don't get that now it's your job to see through that what do you think they're going to come over you know come in brimming with self-reliance and contentment all these things it's like look we we don't have to i don't want to be the sixth grade teacher that's got a poor report card for the last five years and I'm reading and I've already made my determination on you based on that. Your past does not have to blueprint your future. We can actually have a fresh start here together, but you need to do some work too. And when I tell you to go and do these things, you need to go and do these things. And the only thing we're interested in at the end of the day are those positive results. You know, and uh, Wow. I really love that approach. I love the approach of, you know, looking underneath behavior, you know, I, I not judging the behavior. And I really love what you said about, you know, those who are spiraling in addiction, you know, they, they hate themselves enough. Like usually they're there because of pain. I, I don't know if you're a fan of Gabor Mate. I'm a big fan of Gabor. And, you know, he says, not why the addiction, why the pain? And I love that you guys have that approach and that when it comes to support, um, maybe it's us that are uncomfortable. I, I, uh, I don't know if you saw, but my arms went up when you said that, because I just thought, isn't that just so true? I, I feel like you've just given us so much. Um, and I've only gotten through one question, Stacy. you're just a wealth of knowledge. Well, okay I, I, you know <laughs> what do you say to that right what do you say to that no not really <laughs> what we do. Um, but you know i also gotta give a massive shout out to to anybody that's ever had a hand in anything that we've ever done anybody that has the courage to have the conversation i mean i'm talking you know i have watched uh people with no experience in the field have amazing uh, impact become ambassadors for recovery um, because at the end of the day I mean it sounds kind of mm, sort of Pollyanna but we are actually all in this together and I sort of feel for myself like I'm either part of the problem or I'm part of the solution so training our heads every single day because it's up there 
it's waiting. It's half an hour up, you know, it's awake half an hour before you, before you even get up in the morning. Hey, how you doing? Glad you're awake. Oh yeah. You know, that little negative thing we got going on. We're going to deal with that first. We might steamroll the whole day with that. And, you know, and in those moments, you just, and I think a lot of that stuff, which is connected to the choices we make, uh, around fear and love how do we want to walk we may not be conscious of that but that's just the reality so think about your own day right the actions that that i take today are they motivated by fear or are they motivated by love well and if you're not in the practice of doing that you're doing it without even knowing you're doing it right and and the litmus test is that you know for me um anything that i do out of fear doesn't really work out well yeah. and there's there's it's it's that uh, uh conflict inside too and i know myself well enough now that uh, i'm just not interested someone said to me one time they said hey what what does uh, freedom mean to you and i said well it's a life without fear other guys would be like ah it's you know it's a hundred million dollars mind you you know a hundred million dollars being full of fear <laughs> i'd probably go with that but um no, no, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I love that um, fear or love. That's really, uh, it's such a heart-centered way of looking at things. And, and it lights up a different side of my brain when I hear that, because I'm so used to hearing strategy, tools, but that's different because that brings me right to my heart. I, I really, really like that. I'm curious, Stacy. you know, there's probably people listening to this who are, you know, looking great on the outside, they're going to work, they might be star players in their office, but maybe at home, there's some stuff going on behind closed doors that, that uh, they don't feel they could share with anyone. And maybe addiction is just lurking in their corner. What would you say to that person? Well, I would say, hey, listen, it's okay. We know, and there is a solution. Like, um, if if you're questioning it, then I mean, I can't, I, I can't say to anybody, you're an addict, you're an alcohol. I can't, I can't. That's a personal uh, um, decision that happens on the inside for everyone that needs to make it. And uh, like I said, the number one symptom of addiction is denial. Um, and uh, when I'm in denial, I don't know. Right. So um, I would say, uh, you know, you know, to somebody listening and there will be someone listening. I'll say, listen, listen to your gut. Your gut knows. Right. Um, it, it, they talk about it as being instincts in collision. And when you're not coming from the place of supporting your greatest good and your highest intent and I and, and I'm medicating this, whatever I got going on. Right. Um, you'll, you'll typically start to see the progression of the illness over a length of time. And there's, there's a few different types of addicts and, and the, and the uh, uh, lifespan of each is determined by what type they are. Um, so um, I think, so if, you're, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody who is not in active addiction or an addict or, or whatever, um, but they want to know how to, I would say, continue to build relationships with others. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, some things are bigger than all of us. And uh, 
some things are working, uh, whether we believe it or not. And so you call it the universe or whatever. And if you have a sincere desire to help others, you're going to be guided and directed to the right space, place, time. Uh, those appointments will be set for you. Your biggest job is to stay open to recognize when it's happening. And in order to do, I, here, I'll sum it up like this. Uh, I got called to do, uh, you know, speak to this university class. I forget what it was. I think it was like community building or whatever. And I, and I walked in and, and, uh, and they're pretty eager and, and bunch there. And I said, well, I'm going to give you the secret to success right now. And they're just like, okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I said, well, whether you succeed or fail in this lifetime is completely contingent on whether or not you can form a genuine and authentic relationship and a loving relationship with another human being. And I don't care who that is, whether it's the store clerk, the thing, like my kids are like, dad, you always get the best service. You always get this, you always get that. And so whether you succeed or fail is contingent on that genuine authenticity that love and they're like oh well, that sounds so good and i'm like aha but the linchpin is this in order to do that you have to have a genuine authentic loving relationship with yourself you need to know who you're bringing to the party and that doesn't mean from an egotistical uh place um actually the more self-love you have the, the more you will have for your fellow human beings regardless of who you there's a peculiar thing that happens when that shift on the inside starts to occur is, well, you're not as critical. You're not judging, right? You're just like, wow, life's good. I have some gratitude. You know, <laughs> so some true. Things are, right? Things are good around me. And, um, but you also know that when, you, when you're near people that are just kind of like, how's your day? Oh, my leg, my this, my that, my <laughs> whack. And I'm not saying don't talk about what's going on for you, but it's like, all right, I know whatever I focus on is going to grow. So if I listen to that guy that woke me up in the morning, it's like, hey, glad you're awake. If I start listening to that, I mean, it's noon and it's all over but the crying in between my ears. And I'm like, I don't see anything good about the day. <laughs> the simple fact that I got up and took another breath today is pretty good. Um, we uh, at Wellness Innovate, we're just, we love what you guys do. And, and who you are, Stacy. I think um, Fresh Start is such a, a reflection of just even who you are as a person, which is a believer in people. I mean, it's so evident that you believe in people and you believe in hope and believe that people can recover. And so how can people, like if, if someone was struggling and they needed help and they wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way? Um, well, first of all, I wanna go back to that last comment. I think we're like magnets. So. I've got a whole crew full of people like me that have those same bits. Awesome. Uh, it's not just one guy. And I would say contact, uh, have a look at our website, freshstartrecovery.ca, or contact the main office, 403 387 6266. And uh, just find out, you know, I mean, we also, we're now co ed, so we have. Uh, our Lethbridge facility treats women. So uh, we do have some beds in, in uh, South Barbados for that. So just website, main number. You know, we also have a family healing program, which I think is, if you're just dipping your toes in the water and you want to hit five sessions of our family healing program, 
it's it's to, it, it's for anybody that's been impacted by somebody else's addiction. You don't have to have someone in our program. Doesn't matter where you're from. I don't or where you live because these sessions are virtual now too. So there's a silver lining of COVID. Yes, it's so true. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on here, Stacy. You and your team, like you said, there's many of you, and uh, I know that Lisa, Lisa's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, our, she's our national communications director, Lisa Simone. She's amazing. Gets our message out on our Facebook and all our social. And when you when you look at her stuff, the stuff that she puts out, that's the heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good stuff. That's awesome. Well, Connie, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. That this was awesome. I mean, it kind of feels like we're just on the home cooking network here. It's just me and you. And, okay. Oh, that's so great! No, I love it. I love it. You're you're a riot. You're so much fun. I, every time we do something with you, I, I'm like I'm excited for this because Stacy's just hilarious and fun, and and then you hit it home with some truth. So, no, thanks for being here.